0: Hi everyone, we are back here um, on the Brown Couches chatting about the imperfect parents we are. And um, last time we spoke about uh, anxiety, I think it was, and and anxious parents, anxious kids. Uh, We spoke mainly about parents. And so I'd love to hear where you want to take us today, Rob.
1: Great, Stu, thanks. And again, uh, a really important topic, I think. Um, We were speaking last time about... um, making the effort, being intentional about knowing where we're at. And I want to just emphasize that again for today. I think it's going to be a crucial element of steering our families, leading our families well, um, particularly at this time. In terms of turning towards our children, what do we do when, they, when we know that they're worrying? How do, we, how do we help them when they've got something now that's, that's causing them anxiety? And I think any parent will know that it's a horrible experience. It's not nice when our our, our kids worry. Um, uh, we can see their distress we feel for them very often their distress becomes our distress we want to help them but we're not always sure you know how to help them. what do we do? How do we help our kids to start to orientate themselves in the midst of their worries? And I thought I'd start by just spelling out a couple of truths that go with anxiety because it's got its own logic and I think that's important to understand that worry logic um, is not the same as everyday working logic and uh, we need to get into the logic of worry if we're going to be helpful to our kids. Um, And the first aspect of that logic, if you like, is that whatever your child is anxious about really matters to him or her. And we have to accept that. So it may seem silly. It may seem childlike. And we might want to say something along the lines of, you don't need to worry about that. But for your child, whatever he or she is worrying about really matters. And we must understand and accept that, that that is where they are. Um, So that would be the first important aspect of worry logic. Um, worry only applies to those things that we care about. Worry is not going to bother us about something that's incidental or of no importance to us. It won't work that way. Um, worry only works at the things that um, really matter to us. Um, the other aspect of a worry logic is that um, The thing about it is that although it may be this bad thing that we're worrying about, you know, this what-if worry um, that that we have in mind, the thing about it is that it may well be very unlikely. The problem is it could happen. So our children aren't fools. They're not going to worry about something that they know is impossible. They're going to worry about something that may well be unlikely. There may only be a 1% chance of it happening. But worry only needs a 1% to start to work on us. It's this risk of, yeah, but it could happen. And we have to accept that even though the chances of this thing ever happening are, are very slight, we have to accept that worry only needs a kind of a very slight possibility for it to be in play. Um, so that would be the second aspect of worry logic. Um, And that because of that, and this would be uh, another aspect of worry logic, is that it's impossible for us as parents to really reassure a child, to say to him, you know, don't worry about that. These are all the 10 reasons why it's very unlikely to happen, because again, worry only needs half of one reason. in order to operate so we can spend a lot of time trying to convince our children that they have no need to worry but worries already out the door worries already feeding off that small possibility you know that things might happen so one of the problems with um, worry is that you can't reassure a person I've tried it doesn't work and the difficulty there is that it's a very common strategy for parents so most of the time we want to help our our kids feel better and the quickest route to helping a child feel better is to give them reassurance and the problem with anxiety is that you can't you cannot reassure in anxiety so the tough aspect of it for us as parents is that it's not easy to help a child feel better Um, and that can make us start to feel powerless you start to think well geez i don't know what to say um The other aspect of worry logic is that you worry about something that you can't directly control you may have a bit of control over that that sort of incident that feared incident but you don't have all the control you'd like so to take a typically typical example i have lots of children who worry about um the marks they're going to get and so what they often do is they work harder and harder you know sometimes late into the night um, and what they're doing by trying to work hard is they're trying to control the marks they're going to get. And I sometimes say to kids, look, you know, you're working hard. I mean, I get it, but it won't give you more control. It actually won't work. It's a kind of a losing strategy. You know, you're working yourself to a standstill, trying to get control over this problem, but it won't work. Um, the only thing that would give you full control of your marks was, is if you were actually the person marking your own paper. You could then be guaranteed of that mark, you know, that, that you hope to get. Um, so uh, our children worry about things that they can't directly control. And those would be, I think, four truths that we have to accept regarding worry logic
0: um, and we need to work within that logic if we're going to be helpful to our children. I find that really helpful, Rob, because uh, I mean I've I've been down the assurance route as well, and I've seen how little that helps. Trying to reassure and uh, and 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 tell my kids that it's all going to you know it's 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 actually okay. And uh, my my question is is that how you know when it is something silly. Um, how do you? take those things and and apply them in in an actual conversation with with a child
1: well again i mean i'd be interested in 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 your comment around when it when it is something silly because i'd be interested to know what that is um again we've got to go back to what i said um my sort of my uh, when we're looking at worry logic the, the fact is it matters to your child so to him or her it's not silly we need to understand why it's not silly to them if we're going to be helpful to us it may seem you know really this is ridiculous why on earth would you worry about this but we need to change the tone of that question and instead of saying why are you worried about this we need to ask why are you worried about that so that becomes now a helpful question stepping into the logic of their worry it will have a logic and if we can be curious about it and understand what's generating the worry about this, why is this a threat to our child, then we start to become helpful. Then we set ourselves up to coach them from within the logic of the problem.
0: Now that makes sense, Rob. Uh, I think, I mean, maybe I could give you one practical example. Caleb, he um, he had an incident when he was in, in pre-primary where uh, he... Well, he was held back by an older boy when he was supposed to be going to the classroom, and he was completely traumatized by that. Understandably, it was something that obviously mattered to him and mattered to us, and we were really concerned about it. And he wasn't wanting to go to school at times, and 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 so forth. And uh, it it was it was a long time, and talking to the teachers at the school, who were wonderful, who were really really amazing. They, after like a number of weeks, weren't understanding why he was still worried about it and we also went understanding why he was t- and we we tried to understand and he he kind of couldn't couldn't tell us but it was just this sort of you know deep-seated worry uh i mean you must have experienced situations like that where it doesn't make sense anymore and you can't actually get to the like to understand what is actually going on here
1: yeah um and it is it is tricky um and again it's always going to be the case that when our children are very young, they're not going to have the language, they're not going to have the self-awareness, the ability to self-reflect that they will get um, as the years, as the years uh, pass by. Um, so it can be, I suppose, a bit more difficult to, to talk it through with a child when they're still small. But what's useful about that story, um, and uh, shame poor Caleb, it is hard. Um, and it does happen like that. It sort of comes out of nowhere. Next thing you know, we're dealing with this problem as, as parents um, trying to help our kids. Um, very often, just to note that worry or anxiety difficulties do have, if you like, a predisposing event or a memory, some, some situation that caused that person a sense of alarm or of feeling, if you like, powerless or, or, or dominated um, or out of control. So any of those types of memories are going to potentially trigger an anxiety pattern, a pattern of usually avoidance, of I'm not going to go there again, you know. Um, And also, though, uh, that story about dear Caleb shows us that anxiety can work off a memory, but also perhaps most, most importantly, it's really a feeling memory. It's a sense of, I don't want to have that feeling again, whatever it might be. Now, I doubt that any child of Caleb's age is going to have the language for that. But we can speculate as parents and possibly give back to our child something along the lines of, you felt like you couldn't do anything or you felt helpless. We might need to explain what that means. But we can guess, I think, what it is that's triggering our child um, through, through I guess, diving into worry logic and accepting that whatever a child is anxious about really matters to them. There's some real threat there and we need to accept that. It may on the face of things seem silly, unnecessary, but if we go, go into what's generating that alarm, um, then I think we'll get the logic of it and start to move from there.
0: Yeah, that, that um, so it really, Rob, what I'm hearing from you is this this thing of actually really taking serious the worry and trying to understand it and try and actually um realising this does matter to, to this person, to this little person or, or bigger person that it really does matter.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, bigger people may also have very silly worries that they're quite embarrassed to put into words, to be honest, because we're all big kids in a way. So there's a little child inside of us that's scared of stuff. And uh, the, the difficulty is that we can never navigate. We can leave that area of our lives unnavigated. Um, we, we don't know how to talk about it with people. We don't even know how to think about it for ourselves. So if we as parents can start to talk with our kids in, in these ways, if we can walk with them within the logic of worry, wow, well, so much can happen even if the problem doesn't disappear overnight. And I would want to say that to parents. It's great if a worry dissipates or dissolves after one conversation, but don't be too disheartened if it doesn't, because there's so many very important lifelong lessons that are, are being learned.
0: So what you're saying again is that uh, these actually can be real opportunities to explore ourselves, our kids and be able to talk about what is going on inside of us and inside of our kids And, and it can be a journey that actually is very useful not just to the present moment but to the future of their lives.
1: Absolutely, it's incredibly rich in that way. Um, The trick again, and I know that I'm banging on about this, is to dive into the logic of worry. Just accept it for what it is. Um, Our own adult uh, uh, capacity, our own common sense, our own, if you like, toughness, resilience, none of that matters. That's not particularly helpful um, at the outset. We must start by getting into the good reason why our child is anxious. Help them to understand that for themselves and to see that there's actually
0: a logic to why
1: they feel the way they
0: do. So not trying to solve it, but as you said in a previous episode, starting with understanding and really trying to use the opportunity to help your child understand who they are and what's actually going on. That's it. Great, Rob. That was was good stuff. And thanks again for this time. I look forward to the next one.